0: You're always going to have problems lifting a body in one piece. Apparently the best thing to do is cut up a corpse into six pieces and pile it all together.
1: Would someone mind telling me? Who
0: are you? And when you've got your six pieces, you've got to get rid of them. Because it's no good leaving it in the deep freeze for your mum to discover now, is it? Then I hear the best thing to do ...is feed them to pigs. You've got to starve the pigs for a few days, then the sight of a chopped up body will look like curry to a piss head. You've got to shave the heads of your victims and pull the teeth out for the sake of the pig's digestion. You could do this afterwards, of course, but you don't want to go sieving through pig shit now, do you? They will go through bone like butter. You need at least 16 pigs to finish the job in one setting, so be wary of any man who keeps a pig farm. They will go through a body that weighs 200 pounds in about eight minutes. That means that a single pig can consume two pounds of uncooked flesh every minute. Hence the expression, as greedy as a pig. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess fucking what? I back it up! I back it up! That means it's time to roll, baby. you got nothing going on between your ears, bro. Hey, John, do you think I'm just gonna sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with I mean, one hand. That guy is such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much
1: left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hope you guys <gotta> <laughs> come ready. Now here's a surprise, it's the midweek edition of the Woecast. We, in terms of format, are gonna be coming to you at the very least once a week, every single Monday, but ever so slightly occasionally when we can, we'll be sticking in another episode. Joining me as always is my sister from another mister, G from Woe TV. Hey, hey,
3: what up?
2: You know, we haven't gotten um, a fight card to actually chew the fat over this weekend, but because there has been so many talking points. I mean, some of them have come from um, McGregor versus Cerrone. Uh, That card was so phenomenal. I think I said it last episode that there are so many talking points which have spilled over into this week. Um, We're going to tackle quite a few of them. Mm -hmm. Now, if anybody wants to actually join in the discussion to actually join me and you, either on Twitter or up in the DMs, you can join us at Mike. Whoa TV, that's me, via Twitter, or G from Whoa TV on Twitter. So, first up, you know what, I think to set the scene, because this sets the scene quite nicely for the first thing that, you know, is the hot topic, is the talking point, because of the, um, the, the lack of MMA action this weekend, I think it's only right that we go into General Kairos. Have you seen his, his latest avatar? <laughs>
3: No, I haven't. Tell me about it.
2: Let me look it up. He looks incredible. He's all generaled up. He's he's like he's, he's gone back to the 1800s and he's dressed up as a general. He looks incredible. He's ready
3: for war. He's he's kind of, okay. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I hadn't actually
2: I hadn't actually factored that in when I was looking at that. I want one too, Kairos. Kairos, I know you're listening to this. I want I want to be generaled up as well. Look, I'll be your lieutenant. <laughs> Kairos, sort me out.
3: Yes, let's get that done, Kairos.
2: Okay, speaking of which. It's Kairos' Corner. And he's got the nerve, the
1: audacity, the unmitigated goal to echo such blasphemous nonsense. It's ridiculous. I use that audio excerpt because it's befitting what he said was wrong. And before I go forward, I need to say this to you guys because a lot of you are very short on hearing, and I'll get to that in a second. Stephen A. Smith is wrong for saying that Donald Cerrone quit against Conor McGregor. And I'm gonna say it again: Stephen A. Smith is wrong for saying that Donald Cerrone quit against Conor McGregor. Simple and plain. But was his analysis outside of those parameters very far off base? No, and here's why. What did we see Connor do? Absolutely trash Donald Cerrone in the first 40 seconds. What has he shown us that he can do? That exact thing. And against Jose Otto, arguably the greatest featherweight of all time, depending on who you are. I think he's the greatest featherweight of all time. What else did Connor show us? That he has unbelievable shot selection at his head and shoulders above everybody else? We already knew that. What else did he show us? That he can come back and absolutely put on a show. He's shown us that already before when he came back from an ACL surgery. So let's just get to the heart and soul of this argument right now. People feel like Stephen A. Smith is misrepresenting mixed martial arts with those type of takes. And I say to you, yes, he is. But where is this anger when other people say this? Where is this uproar when other people in the MMA community who are actually former mixed martial artists throw these trash-ass takes in our face? We deal with Brendan Schaub on a daily basis. There are so many people who are so upset with this, man. People are upset with Dominic Cruz and his color commentary during fights. Everybody thinks that they're a professional fucking talker and a professional professional fucking fighter but as soon as somebody else who is foreign to the community or is not as public of a face in the community has a trash ass take we jump on them too and demand that the ESPN get rid of them and no longer put them inside of the spotlight that's perfectly fine as long as you're fine with throwing all these other trash ass people with these trash ass opinions out of the spotlight as well are you guys okay with that if yes, I have nothing further to argue, but I contend this. If you are not okay with that, then you really need to get your heart in the right place because you do not want this sport to grow any further than where it's at right now. Are you guys really going to sit here and act like Stephen A. Smith doesn't have millions of eyes and ears listening to him on a daily basis, whether he's on television or the radio for real, listen. You don't need to be a media communications major to understand that whatsoever. If you want this sport to grow, you're going to need him to be in the limelight talking about this sport, whether it's just the large pay-per-views, whether it's a, a card here and there on an ESPN+, Plus, you need him to take the sport to the next level. And these are the same people advocating for fighter pay, but they aren't paying for shit like it's their birthday every single day. They stream the fights, they bootleg them, they go to Dave and Buster's or Buffalo Wild Wings to watch these fighters fight. You guys... Which one is it? Do you want this sport to grow? Do you want these fighters to get paid as much as you think they do? Or do you want them to sit in a cyclone of self-destructive behavior without the monetary compensation that they so deserve? That is my question for you right now. And moving forward from that, because I'm done talking about that. Here's another issue that I have with mixed martial arts communities, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, whatever. You people don't listen to anybody. You see a headline and you jump on it today. this not even today. A few days ago, I posted a meme about Stephen A. Smith saying that John Jones is the nicest fighter in the UFC, and then people went crazy. They jumped on it. I'm sick of this, man. Get him out of the sport. These trash-ass takes. And they didn't even take a second to Google this. I made that shit up. I took a picture, put a quote next to it, and said that Stephen A. Smith said it, and so many people believed it. Maybe it's because you think I'm a credible source, but I'm not. I did that just for this exact reason, to say this. So many people jump on people without even understanding the true context of what people say and how they say it. They just, hear. Steve A. Smith is trashing sport, he's trashing cowboy, he's trashing this down the third. And you guys immediately start trashing him in return. And I did the same thing with another suite. I said that Steve Nate Smith said that Bucky Barber was right about everything regarding his daughter. And guess what? You know how many people believe that? And the last thing I said is that Roxanne Montefiore's niceness is a facade and John Jones is much nicer. You know how many hearts were ruptured, tear ducts were crying. Guy from Stephen A. Smith has got to go. You know what needs to go? People who are illiterate and refuse to fact check. That's got to go from our community. We need to ostracize that behavior right now. Here's my problem. You guys act like this man isn't going to go and contact experts in our community, talk to them, and start gaining knowledge. Do you want this sport to grow? Do you want it to be the biggest sport on the planet? Well, you need to be willing to endure the growing and stretch pains that come with that. How do we bring new eyes to the sport that we already did not have access to? You have to have an ambassador from another community that has a following of people who are not used to seeing mixed martial arts and bring them in and vice versa, reciprocate that type of behavior to each other. That is what Stephen A. Smith is. I'm not going to say he's a figurehead, but he is the representation of what exactly we need. Now, you can say that you don't like his trash takes, that's fine. Be mad at other people's trash takes as well. And before I conclude, because I'm getting hypertension, I'm getting high blood pressure, y'all stressing me out, y'all keeping me up at night, let me reiterate my points. Was Stephen A. Smith wrong for saying Donald Trump and quitting that fight? Yes. Does he need to work on some things to improve his ability to communicate with his audience and convey his thoughts a lot better? Yes. Do we want the sport to grow? Yes. Well then we need to bring in people who have a large fan base outside of the sport to bring it into the sport. And let me refresh you all's memories because you conveniently forget the importance of how people in our own community have trash opinions and you forget why was ronda rousey so overrated because joe rogan fed into that storyline i'm not using narrative i'm sick of that word joe rogan was a part of he had her on the podcast they were saying she was knocking out female professional boxers in the gym she could beat uh, bantamweights in the men's division she could beat featherweights she could beat floyd mayweather in a a fight guys that was your boy joe saying that what else jl sonan said that gsp could play in the nba Yes, he did say that. Don't even act like he didn't He just said that a week ago. And every other weekend, y'all got something to say about what Luke Thomas has to say. It's a coin flip. It doesn't matter. Choose your own for Luke Thomas. But that's just a whole bunch. Oh, Brendan Schaub said that fighters in Bella ain't shit. Y'all forgot about that too. But he's, all these people are part of our community. All these people are part of our community. They should know better, right? So what's worse? People within our community saying shit like this or people outside of it saying shit like that. I can tell there's no difference. So criticize everybody or criticize nobody last but certainly not least michael morgan i'm begging you please test me with this i want to send you a free kairos mma t-shirt the merch is coming soon it's limited edition but if you play yourself with this response you are not getting anything and your co-hosts are all getting it that's it i'm kairos i'm kairos mma whatever you want to call me i'm out wow
2: when in you know what i have to say kairos mm-hmm. is our ped he's our
3: podcast enhancement
2: drug <laughs> seriously
3: he went in yeah and you better be careful i believe he ended this uh, segment with shots fired <laughs> at you sir i'm getting my shirt okay love you kairos well shock you know shock, what i mean horror <laughs> gasp um i i Wholeheartedly,
2: 100% agree with everything he said there. In particular, what I liked is that it was shot fired, not just for me in terms of you know where I usually stand when it comes to his opinion, but from other or for other people with their takes. I mean, he called out Brendan Sharp. He called out Luke Thomas. The way that I look at it Mm -hmm. is, he's right. In our community, in our village, there are people who have takes which. That is what they are. They are perspectives. They are opinions. They are um mm-hmm. perspectives from their viewpoint. Now, you can't really knock a man because they're giving you their two penneth or their two cents worth from their perspective. So why should we actually clown? Why should we actually knock? Why should we actually cajole? Why should we actually shoot down someone like, you know, Stephen A. Smith? Because of the fact that he has something. In terms of a, an approach, in terms of a take, in terms of a perspective that we don't agree with.
3: Right. And it's so funny, Mike, because me and you discussed this topic before recording and we put it out there on MMA Twitter. And a lot of, you know, people responded to this thread and some of them feel like Keros and some of them still are just very upset with what he said. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I actually agree with some of the things that Stephen A. Smith mm. said. The problem with what he said is how he did it and that he was a bit too harsh. And we're not really used to somebody that's not really a usual MMA analyst sitting here telling us that Cowboy quit mm-hmm. and that his performance was like, um, I have it here in front of me. Smith said, I'm quite disgusted. That That's... That's low-key inappropriate for any sports analyst, if you think about it. Most of them, you expect them to be partial and to just kind of speak about the event or the sport. And he's sitting here saying he quit, his body language, he's being, you know, dramatic, I'm disgusted. You know, like, you're almost speaking as if you're a troll, but here's the thing. That's who Stephen A. Smith is. That's why he got that 8 to $10 million contract, Ooh, yeah. because he's controversial. Mm. So why people have forgotten that he's controversial and now are demanding an apology from him is just nuts to me. I don't understand why people just aren't ignoring him or just coming to understand that he's there for more viewership and to be a heel, which is exactly what he did by insulting cowboys.
2: You see, that's why I love this guy. I mean, initially, I have to say the delivery it actually knocked me for six. It it made me look at him sideways. But the more that I examined his approach and had a look at how he actually commentates and um, references, and actually has his own take in other sports, the more I thought this guy is on brand, regardless of what he's talking about. Now, what I do take issue with um slightly is you know he's mm-hmm. not the most knowledgeable in terms of mixed martial arts ah, but his yes. delivery and his take i 100% endorse because it is his perspective it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter how um steeped in the sport he is that's not what we're actually asking we're asking what did you think what is your perspective on what you have seen just right now here in this moment what is your perspective now he talks about being disgust or expressing disgust that's his prerogative we shouldn't be having a go at him because he's blatantly 100% upfront and honest and quite candid and to the point and again i have to point out that's in keeping with the World tv brand in terms of the moniker of always making trouble it's not making trouble for making trouble sake it's basically having an opinion which you stick by, you believe, you 100% endorse back and can carry the argument through. Going back to Stephen A. Smith, he can certainly and does certainly do that.
3: But with that in mind, keep everything you said in mind. I'm, I'm going to play you know, devil's advocate here because there were some things that I did not okay. like and I kind of understand where the fans are coming from. Not with the apology and the uproar. I'm not ready to riot. But there were some things that he said that I was like, damn, y'all can't get somebody that's better knowledgeable of the sport. And, for instance, he referred to Cowboy's performance as shadow fighting. Mm -hmm. What is Mm -hmm. that? I think you mean shadow boxing, okay? So maybe you maybe you should just maybe not just review the notes real quick before after you watch the fight, Stephen. Maybe you get into the sport. And I think that's why fans are offended. Here's another one. Cowboys first per- pay-per-view event ever. This was not his first pay-per-view event ever, Stephen. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like or also he wasn't ready. What do you mean he wasn't ready? Cowboy has um how many fights in the UFC? He also has like a, a longstanding record for fighting in the UFC. He's had He has a plethora of experience in mixed martial arts and kickboxing. What do you mean he wasn't ready? He went through a full camp. Of course he was ready. He got beat up. Do you know what I mean? Like, I get that Stephen A. Smith is supposed to be a mm. troll, but we also expect him to be knowledgeable of the sport that he's it, covering. And fans find this disrespectful. Is he, shadow fighting? What is that? It, is
2: he a troll? What is shadow or fighting? Or is he someone without 100% um, in terms of background, in terms of knowledge, in terms of experience of the sport, trying to describe in a layperson's uh, language? And I have to say, he does that 100% of the time. He talks in, in in a way in which people can actually and quickly grasp. I understood exactly what he was saying. Yes, shadow fighting isn't the, 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 the perfect terminology, but I'll give you an example. We've got a chap over here. Mm-hmm. You probably uh, come across him. His name's Gareth A. Davis. He doesn't 100% Mm -hmm. of the time get it right in terms of terminology, but you can see where he's coming from. He's a very articulate journalist, steeped in boxing. That's his background. He's made the transition um, for a few years now into mixed martial arts, and I think he's doing exceptionally well in terms of getting the coverage that the sport needs to a national audience. I mean, he works for The Telegraph. The same with Stephen A. Smith. He's basically getting these Um, in terms of talking points, in terms of these perspectives, out to a massive audience and gaining traction at the same time. He knows his role and he's playing it. Yes, it may be at at certain points you can kind of get the gist that it's contrived. He's basically um, playing the troll role for the troll role's sake. But that's him being on brand. That's him coming from his perspective and... If you notice everything he says, he's very happy to back it up. Whilst not with the technical acumen, not with the technical descriptions that you and I will be well-steeped and well-versed in, but he can give a perspective that people, lay people, can actually connect with.
3: But we're going to involve MMA Twitter right Mm -hmm. now because the person that sums this up best for me, because I I hear what you're saying. It's, it's, It's just... A bit complicated. I'm totally fine with the troll aspect of things. I thought his uh, commentary on Cowboy was a bit harsh and disrespectful, but not enough for me to be upset. However, I do take issue with things like first pay-per-view event ever. There are people watching this sport, Michael, that have just gotten into it, and they don't need false information. And the person who summed this up well on MMA Twitter, um, this person is called T-Mac21. Mm -hmm. He said... Um, Stephen A. Smith is bad in the sense that he has no clue what he's talking about. I see comments saying it doesn't make him necessarily that bad, but that's exactly what the problem is. If you are the kind of person that wants this to be a major sport, he 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 has to be more informed of the of the material that is given to him. And what this person is saying is that you have to know what you're talking about. It makes the sport look bad if you have an analyst giving us false information to newer viewers and i kind of agree with that if you want someone to speak about our Mm. sport and also be a troll i think the troll should also have his stats correct and i think that's why people are so offended by him like the, the, the things that he was saying was incorrect some things were correct but cowboy did not quit he got beat up And also, like, I just have a. It's not his first pay per view event ever. And I think hardcore fans are just like, don't tell new viewers that you're incorrect. And people have a problem with that. But you see. And that was a lot of the comments mm, on MMA. But you
2: see, that's where Joe comes in. Joe is the facts and figures um, correct in all every aspect in terms of technicality and descriptions Mm -hmm. that's where joe comes in Stephen, i have to say is the conduit by which we actually get this out to a wider audience but not only that i mean when you think about it he's giving A perspective and it's a one eighty in comparison to where Joe is coming from, but it is his perspective. So you can't really wrong him for that. I really do feel, you know, he has his place, he has his role, and he's very, very key and important to the growth of the sport. Okay, I I take it from a purist point of view. Someone looking in might be thinking, What the fuck is this guy on?
3: Well well that's what I wanted to talk to you about because like this thread was so eye opening because you have like casual viewers and then you have hardcores weighing mm. in, and what's it called? Sam MMA fan Bronx on Twitter mentions um, that MMA fans are too perfectionists. Like they're they're taking this to a whole nother yeah, level. Yeah, and this yeah. is what he said, mm. and. See if you agree with this. Thank you, Sam, for this and thoughtful tweet, by the way. Um, Bring it on, Sam. He says, I think, I think MMA fans are too protectionist. The idea that you are only allowed to have a stupid opinion if, if you've only been watching MMA for a really long time is absurd. We know the hardcore MMA fan opinion isn't monolithic. So why do we get our panties in a bunch when a casual talk? So basically he's saying, why is it when somebody's new to the sport, they say something, we get all upset. They're new to the sport. Yeah. And, and it sounds like what Sam and a few other people are saying is like, Stephen A. Smith is new to the sport. Why are we getting upset? And Kairos kind of said the same thing. Exactly. We've got people that aren't new to the mm. sport saying dumb yep. shit. So why is it that Stephen A. Smith triggers everybody?
2: And, and I think, you know, that actually segues back to what Kairos was saying. Look, if we're going to okay. hold Stephen A. Smith up to this high standard, Fine. But everybody else has to jump through the hoops and, you know, basically limbo under bars in the same way that we're expecting Stephen A. Smith to. We can't actually um, give a pass to someone like, I don't know, uh, Luke Thomas. We can't actually give a pass to someone like Brendan Schaub and then turn around and say, no, 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 this uh, Stephen A. Smith, no, we're not about that life.
3: You can you can also add Nate Diaz to that to that um list because he just recently said to the media, Cowboy doesn't care about winning or losing. That sounds somewhat similar to what Stephen A. Smith said when he said Cowboy quit. So how come we're not dragging exactly. Nate Diaz? How come a lot of us do feel like Cowboy chokes? But when he says it. It causes an uproar. Now we—they're demanding an apology, and then people are forgetting this man is a troll. Like, it's like people just want to attack him, but it's like you forget mm-hmm. that these ESPN co- ESPN correspondents be saying all types of shit. Did you hear about Skip Bayless said they should possibly cancel Khabib versus Tony no. so that they can do Connor? Oh, see, look at your reaction. One day him and Skip Bayless and some other ESPN correspondent was talking about MMA. They were a bunch of casuals sitting at a table discussing how the fight should be canceled, Khabib versus Tony, so that they, so that Conor can fight um, Khabib right away after such a beautiful performance. And in my mind, I'm just like, since when do we cancel fights? Mm. So that we can we can have another fight that's appealing, and secondly, that is our Super Bowl. We've been waiting for that fight for years. How dare you? But my point being is, why would you take someone like that serious? It's quite obvious he just started watching MMA. Mm. So why are people so upset?
2: But again, um, it, Skip Bayless, if I remember rightly, isn't Skip Bayless someone that actually riffs off Stephen A. Smith as well? Have I got the, ro- have I got ab- the wrong, ab- wrong person.
3: No, no, no. You've got the right, right. person. They worked it. I don't. I don't. As you can tell, Mike, even though I'm stateside, I don't watch yeah. them because guess what? I don't like their takes for basketball, football, whatever else they cover. I've 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 watched some of their mm. shows. I don't like their mm. takes. I don't need a troll to cover sports. That's just my personality. I don't I don't I like a straightforward analysis of sports. I don't need Stephen A. Smith yelling and screaming. So I don't pay him no mind and I don't like when he covers other sports. So I knew better to ignore him. But I'm just kind of shocked by the uproar that everyone can't stand him, and we all know damn well that he's bringing eyes to the sport. Exactly. Is this what y'all wanted? What in the world? And it's it's just it was just a varied responses. I'll give you another one, and some people were fair. Yeah. Um, I say dude a lot. Um, This guy's on MMA Twitter. I talk to him often. And between me and you, Mike, this guy has the sexiest voice ever. And I just wanted to put that out there. Oh, well, thanks for that. Yeah. Right. I'm sure you don't care. Right. Ever. (laughs) But shout Uh, out to I Say Doodle Lab. This is is the
2: point where you say present company Excluded. (laughs)
3: Right. Even though you don't care about that tidbit of information, <laughs> I just thought I would share that with the ladies. So I say Doodle lot said, Are we giving Stephen A. Thompson too hard of a time mm-hmm. here? His job is to create conversation. I know we are the purest types and hate outsiders that try to glom into our thing, but aren't UFC and ESPN in bed together? And isn't Stephen A. Thompson a troll? You see you see his line yeah, of thinking? Yeah. He's sensible. He gets it. What are we getting upset about?
2: Exactly. And I think, you know, let, let, let's just, just call this what it is. This is what we've been talking about for the last however long since you've actually come on uh, the WOCast as, you know, as, a, as, a, um, as a co-host. It's about mm-hmm. entertainment this isn't just what we're looking at in the cage this is the whole thing kit and caboodle it's about entertainment you and I now have been speaking for the last 20 minutes on a presenter on a commentator on somebody who has a take basically this I really do feel um, is a welcome addition to the sport because it puts things on an emotive level now When I used to um, basically scribe for a magazine, one of the editors said something to me really profound and it stuck with me today. And I try and I inject that into everything I do. If Mm -hmm. you're creating content, saying words, writing, actually creating videos, audio, and nobody is commenting, nobody is moved by what you say, what you've written, then you fail. It's supposed to be emotive to a level that people care. And that is what he brings to the sport. People care about his take. People care about his perspective. People care to protect, in their eyes, uh, the purity of the sport, for example. But let's just remember that this, you know, this is a sport and this is also entertainment. But it also now actually has actually spilled over into how people are actually commentating, how people are actually sharing their perspectives on the sport.
3: But also, Mike, we need to also discuss the people that feel the opposite from mm. us, people that just downright cannot stand him. And if you notice, I've read tweets on people that are like me and you that know he's a troll and this is good for the sport. Yeah. Now, listen, now listen to Guy Shook who just cannot stand him. Now listen to his perspective. He said to me, horrible opinions are designed to divide people. And he's just (laughs) actually, I'm not going to read what else he said, but he said if um, the ridiculous excuses after a loss between Macy and um, Stephen A. Thompson are horrible. And if they had a child together, it would be called Colby Covington. So Guy is trying to say that what Stephen A. Thompson is doing is dividing the fans. And that's why he thinks that Stephen A. Thompson is toxic. How do you feel about that?
2: I've been calling him Stephen A.
3: Smith. Is oh excuse me Stephen A. Smith <laughs> was I'm sorry I was to say Are we talking about the same guy <laughs> My, you know what I'm gonna throw I'm gonna blame Guy for this because I believe he might have tweeted me Thompson because I'm looking at it right now but let me go back he's saying Stephen A. Smith excuse me for that <laughs> but yes Guy Shook thinks that Stephen A. Smith's takes are dividing the community and it's toxic
2: i wouldn't say toxic i think it's brilliant just like i just alluded to and i thought i was you know um i, I explained in a little bit more detail there that i mm-hmm. think it's great when we have somebody who does actually now have an opinion that not many people agree with not many people um can see his perspective but also they want to actually inject their perspective based on what he has said and it's made them more what's the word more vocal than they would have ever been have you ever seen up until stephen a smith has actually you know raised his head above the parapet every single time he does it have you not seen the traction first of all that his words um actually create but also it I wouldn't say emboldens, but it encourages people to actually share their perspective too. And I can't say that's a bad thing. I think that's brilliant because it goes back to my whole point about we need an emotive sport where, you know, people have a take. People want to talk about it. People want to discuss it. They want to, you know, expand upon the point upon, upon the point that, you know, after the fight's finished, well, the talking's over. No, we want these con- We want this actually continuing, especially where we now have a lull in terms of sport. You want those conversations continuing.
3: Yeah, I I don't I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I don't think it divides the fans. I think it just caused a little riff and a little drama. But I think the drama is good. I think um, Stephen A. Smith responding to Joe Rogan was good because I just feel like he is bringing eyes to the sport that normally aren't there and I think if you want these fighters to get paid like Carol said we have to expand the sport to people that are beyond just being hardcore fans. Yeah
2: exactly. You know
3: and let's face it a lot of the hardcore fans are streaming. Come on y'all. I know what y'all are doing. (laughs) Y'all call yourselves hardcore fans but ain't pay for Mm -hmm. shit. It's the newer viewers that are going to pay for the pay-per-view bouts so that's who they're targeting and that's what they're doing here. Now with that being said Juice Jackson made an excellent point, and I want you to take heed to this one. Um, And Luke Thomas also kind of discussed this, too. And for those that listen to his rebuttal, they'll understand what I mean. Juice Jackson said, um, Stephen A. Smith is becoming a professional troll. Juice, I agree with you. He knows his controversial statements will drive online traffic. He gets paid $10 million a year for what he does. My question is, when are we as MMA fans going to demand our sport to be covered by people who actually care about it? With that being said, Mike, how do you feel about Ariel being the ESPN correspondent or someone, you know, someone else with Joe Rogan? Does it have to be Stephen A. Smith? And a lot of fans did mention that. Like, why not get somebody that doesn't need notes right before the fight? I, You know, because I'm hearing, I'm hearing, and Luke Thomas said the same thing. He just doesn't quite understand why Stephen A. Smith is the face of this when you can get Ariel, who's already in the building.
2: Ariel uh, has done so much for me as an individual and Woe TV as an organization. So... I have to say that first and foremost, because what I'm about to say next, you know, might sound a tad disrespectful. I love Ariel. Mm-hmm. I think he's fantastic, not only for the sport, but as I say, for me personally and WODV as a collective. I feel, in terms of traction, in terms of levels, in terms of eyes on product, Stephen mm. A. Smith obviously is the bigger draw. Stephen A. Smith. Has the um, greater resonance, I feel, with a wider um, uh, viewership than Ariel Helwani. So I would disagree that we need to get Ariel in there because what I feel we should be doing is expanding the eyes, putting more bums on seats. Which, you know, <clears throat> I think you alluded to it earlier. Let's just be frank
3: mm-hmm.
2: in the MMA community mm-hmm. right now. Let's let's just let's just be real. There are people who are streaming more than they're actually paying for this why not expand it to those people who are actually willing to pay but need a bit of a guiding hand with a familiar face which stephen a smith represents
3: yes i I agree with you i i'm not asking for him to be beheaded like many of the other fans (laughs) on mma twitter like i'm just gonna keep it real like when i saw the backlash i was like y'all for real like, and the only person I think that can be honestly upset by his comments are his co-workers, Joe Rogan, um, Cowboy, mm-hmm. Conor McGregor. I feel like those are the people that are like, hey, you're out of line because they all work together and they didn't care for his statements. But as far as fans, we should know that Stephen A. Smith is a troll and that prior to the to the fight, he probably got a bunch of notes from the network. And that's why he keeps saying things like shadow fighting. And this is Cowboy's first pay-per-view event, even though it's not his first pay-per-view event. That is ludicrous. You can tell he's just reading notes. And we should just know that, that he is just not really the number one analyst. And he's there to get new eyes to the sport and just relax. I feel like we should drag Brendan more than, Brendan Schaub more than him. This person has been in the sport, was a fighter and says the craziest shit, you know? So, Leave Stephen A. Tom, uh, excuse me, Stephen A. Smith alone <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> stop being so upset about it. Let Joe, let Joe speak for everybody and, and beef with him. And guess what? At the end of the day, they're all going to wind up being friends and they're going to get over this so quickly. Don't get too upset with this guy. And do what I do. Mute him because that's what I do. I don't listen to anything he has to say. I ain't got no time for somebody that thinks this is Cowboys first pay-per-view event. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I'm not mad at him. You know, if that makes any sense to you, I don't <laughs> hate them. I'm not mad at him. You just, you are casual. It, just it, like somebody I dragged on MMA Twitter. You're no different from somebody that said DC was overrated.
2: Exactly. Good, and, it, and it goes back to what we've been saying all along. It's all about perspectives. I tell you about, I mean, I mean, speaking of perspectives, I think it's a, an opportune time to segue into another talking point, and that is Macy Barber. I oh really God. do feel that, this whole attitude of wrong and strong and continually <laughs> beating the drum after you have been royally trounced in a bout which made you look kind of um ordinary I have to say because Roxanne Madafari just as is always the case with her was going in there as a serious underdog she made you look as though you know you were be- being beaten up by your big sister so for her to come out Along with her family members, I think it was her dad, basically um, trying to look at each and every facet where they could actually um, interject and say, "Oh, it's because of this factor." Um, people need to recognise that I'm the true, uh, I, I'm the true winner here. Or um, okay, that isn't what she said, but what she's alluding to is that. The next time round, she will be the true winner because there wouldn't be any um, dodgy knee or any ailment. I mean, speaking of that knee, what did you make of the fact that her doctor or the doctor who actually came in and, you know, to all intents and purposes were trying to help her, is now being dragged through the courts by the family, by Macy Barber, because she thinks that the doctor brought attention to the fact that there was an injury there.
3: Um, I think her point is irrelevant because after the doctor made it obvious that she had a <coughs> knee injury, Macy Bar, uh, excuse me, Roxanne Matarferi um, Roxanne mm. did not exploit that. So, what are you complaining about? It's different if the doctor checked her knee and then Roxanne was in the corner like, "Oh shit, her knee broke," bet, and then came out and kicked her knee. Yeah, she might have a you know a complaint to make, but even then, I don't think she should complain about it because. Roxanne is an angel. Anybody else would have kicked your knee right out. And in fact, I watched the interview with her and Ariel, and she even admitted that she would have kicked Roxanne's knee out. So what are you complaining about? You would have done
2: it. There you go. And
3: Roxanne didn't even do it. So shut up. Like like I say, it seems like with each and every statement,
2: she's just trying to, I don't know, it's either scoring points or, um, you know, change the narrative here. I mean, just to quote She's changing
3: the narrative. She she said,
2: she and I will cross again, and I'll have the opportunity to prove my, or prove to everyone what my team and myself already know well you and your team already know that you were beaten so how about that for stars?
3: and now she's trying to say that her own doctor or now her and her father are saying that this injury occurred in the first round and whatnot and let's go back to Bucky Barber on which is her father on January 22nd said that um she wasn't beaten by the better skilled um, fighter. It wasn't a better skill set. In fact, there are still questions as to whether she truly lost. And with these statements, I kind of understand why Macy Barber makes excuses and just cannot take the L. I mean, look at look at her father. Look what he's saying. I get that he's her cheerleader, and he's supposed to be like, oh, you know, you're the best out there, honey. But you're making excuses for a loss. And then now she goes on Ariel, and she's making more excuses like you should be teaching her to take that L and to come back even stronger, not to make excuses for someone that just basically beat the shit out of you.
2: Exactly. You, she talks <laughs> it, about, just, it
3: makes no sense, it, it, you know, and, and she talks
2: about I mean, this is with her chest. She's saying this. She talks about the fact that, you know, I was trying to disguise the fact that there was something up with my knee watching that anybody could see that there was a problem with your knee the way and, that it buckled and that you grabbed it. There was that
3: and Roxanne still didn't kick it. What are you complaining about? And, in, and then Macy said she would have done so, and your your opponent did not, and you're still complaining? Exactly. I call that backtracking. I call that, like when I'm arguing with somebody on Twitter, sometimes people just want to die on the hill that they're on. You can provide an, an, an article, facts, Wikipedia, and the person's just <clears> like, no, I'm right. You just want to die on <laughs> that hill. You want to be wrong and strong, and that's what Macy and her entire family is doing. The thing it, it's... The thing Go that ahead. kills
2: me is, you know, what exactly she said. She's talking about look. It, just again to quote her, I feel like that doctor completely gave away that I was dealing with something. It also made the injury more prominent to me when I was trying to push it out of my head for the fight. Now, had it been me, um, had it been me fighting, uh, if I would have seen the doctor stepping in and checking someone's knee that would instantly be the thing that I would target. But the fact is, it wasn't targeted. So why are you bringing it up? That's
3: what I keep saying. Yes. Why are you complaining about something that should have, could have, would have, but it didn't happen? Your mm. opponent was nice enough not to target your knee. So the fact that you keep bringing up the the point that it, the doctor exposed the knee is irrelevant because that's not what happened. She doesn't get that. She just sounds like a, a teenager just really stuck in a corner trying to prove a point. She's having a tantrum. And matter of fact, listen to what Ghost GSP had to say mm. from Twitter. He said, I think Macy's excuses come from her inexperience with losing the people around her and the opponent who beat her. And everyone loves Roxy, but for the most part had her losing to, to Macy in their prediction. So it must be a tough swallow to accept a defeat like this. And he does make some sense. I hate reading some of these tweets. Y'all Y'all grammar be killing me. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that's bang on the money, though. Right. That's why I read it, even though I had trouble, you know, with the grammar. But love you, Ghost. Um Yeah, I think it it just goes to show you that instead of Macy's parents preparing her for defeat and and getting her ready to come back out here better than ever, they're teaching her to make excuses for it and that you're still the greatest. She doesn't need a participation trophy at the moment. She needs to know that she lost and that she can come back and beat Roxanne. That's what you do. You pick yourself up after you lose. You don't think and make excuses. Mm. Now... Let me allow me to play devil's advocate, though. Right. We have some people on Twitter that think I don't really think her excuses were that bad. And people think because she's so unlikable, we're just dragging her. And let me read um, a tweet about that so that it can make more sense opie the almighty paul said people only hate macy because she is young hungry and confident and because she lost everyone now wants to pick her apart so he you can tell he's not really tripping on what she said it's more (laughs) people can't stand her here's another one from kg bully mma he was like macy is making excuses is being way blown out of proportion by people who already didn't like her what are your thoughts on that is this is this bias because she is a little prick Or are we rightfully dragging her?
2: rightfully dragging her. I think it's very difficult to get around the fact that she's a wonderful, loving and uh, warm individual (laughs) human being just based on her words. I can only judge her by what she's saying and what she's saying is wrong and it smacks of somebody who is not used to losing, who's not used to taking an L who cannot take an L Mm. and people around her can't take the L that's why she is struggling with this. It's plain and simple that L's just isn't in her makeup which is fine which is or
3: fine. runs in the family with yeah, his father too
2: <laughs> <laughs> which 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 i can deal with but you know really and truly i i do think that's what's at the heart of it i really do feel that you know ls just ain't in her nature
3: but question for you mike okay and kind of a personal question you have kids right mike yeah when your kids lose or not even when they lose but can you relate to Bucky's father at all? Like dads are supposed to be like, you're the greatest honey. Cause a lot of people did say he's her father. What'd you expect him to say? You suck, get back in there. And you're a father, Mike. Well, how did like, can you relate to his comments at all?
2: 100%. No, I'm a realist. And I, I I'm <laughs> really in the tough love camp. I, I have, um, purposely made sure that my kids, they do karate. Mm-hmm.
3: Now, Good.
2: For many kids, I mean, their whole mission is to get the black belt. They've been doing karate for the last six years. I have oh, wow. painstakingly made sure that before they've gone through each belt, before they have gone for a belt, that they are ready. If they're not ready, no, you're not grading. You're not ready to grade
3: right to test yeah exactly,
2: and that's the way I feel that you know all mothers and fathers should actually um, you know bring up their kids to be real to be realist and to accept when things and are losing going is your a way. part
3: of life right exactly. sometimes you're not ready sometimes I mean that's how I was raised, like you lose and you get back up you know yeah, so I, I didn't agree with him either, but also one more aspect to discuss this also affects her from here on out and meaning not the loss think about it if she had accepted the loss graciously she would have gotten more fans i feel like with what she said and then now her damn dad is getting involved <laughs> people are people are turned off and let me um read to you some responses that led me to believe this reusable shoe said to me macy stock took a huge hit from her actions after the loss. Mm. I I can't think of a last time a fighter's actions had such a negative impact on their hype. And then listen to this one at Make You Humble. He said, Barber's excuses are a huge red flag. Pay attention to this. This is really important. You can't improve when you don't recognize your faults or mistakes. Boom. He nailed it, Mm. right? These two people nailed it. And the reason why I brought up reusable shoe and make you humbles tweets is because one kind of discusses how the fans feel. They're yeah. turned off. The second one is kinda like, how the hell are you gonna improve if you ain't even accepting the fact that you messed up? Well that like what are you fixing if you don't think there's anything to fix?
2: Exactly. And how can Beautiful. you progress if you haven't accepted what basically you need to be working on and what right. is gonna actually propel you forward? What's gonna propel you forward is gonna hold you back because you've not accepted it.
3: Exactly. And Mike, let's 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 think Macy's future here for a bit. I believe she's gonna be sidelined for nine months. This young lady said she wanted to be the youngest champion, blah 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 blah. But yet you don't have any head movement. You come plodding forward and only use your athleticism and your aggression during your fights, which is which is good because she was winning before she hit that wall of Roxanne Matafari. Yeah. But what I find interesting is that you don't hear her talking about the mistakes that she made. You don't hear her like, when I get back in there, I got to work on my ground game. I got to work on head movement mm-hmm. and getting my head off the center line. And let's not forget who the champion of your division is, Macy. It is Valentina Shashenko who is... Perfect for countering people like Macy. She would obliterate her after seeing this a performance she had with Roxanne. Valentina would kill her. So I think she has a lot to work on instead of coming up with all these goddamn excuses. excuses. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm not even a coach and I'm sitting here like, where's the head movement? Why are you just, where's where's the footwork? You come straight forward and guess who exposed that before she even met the champion? Roxanne Modafferi. If Roxanne can do that to her, can you imagine what Valentina would do? So, Macy, I hate to break it to you, but heal up and work on those mistakes that you refuse to acknowledge because you're in big trouble if you face Valentina straight up.
2: <laughs> I think it's an opportune time. Uh, it would be a nice little break to actually, well, segue into Chisanga Mulatto.
4: This weekend, unfortunately, we don't have any fights to take in in any promotion. So I'm going to take a quick look ahead at the next UFC event, which will take place in Houston, Texas, on February 8th. UFC 247, of course, will be headlined by a light heavyweight title fight between defending champion, defending dominant champion, I must say, John Jones and the in-form Dominic Reyes. Jones' clash with Reyes will be his first outing of the year and his first since a hard-fought victory over Tiago Santos in July in International Fight Week. Now, a lot of the narrative going into this fight, much like it has been with most of Jones' recent opponent, has been about whether or not Reyes can pose any serious threats to Jones. Now, the answer to that is plain and simple. Yes, Dominic can and does pose some threats to Jones. Dominic is very good at counter-striking, especially on the back foot, and has a lethal straight left down the pipe, which Jones uh, mocked ad nauseum during uh, the pre-fight press conference uh, before the turn of the year. While his ability to counter-strike on the back foot has served him well in recent fights, the chris Reidman fight being the, mo- the biggest testament to that fact, he'll need a lot more than that if he's going to have any chance of dethroning John, as John doesn't come forward with reckless abandon, and he's very strategic when he does come forward with his strikes. If Dominic is wise, he should try to utilize his leg kicks and try and mobilize John, much like Thiago Santos did, to make him more of a hitable target and set up that straight left. That being said, however, engaging John in a kickboxing match is a lot easier said than done and can often have dire consequences. Now, the matter of going into this again is that John should handily beat Dominic. And should he win, which many people expect him to do, the question immediately will be who, is ne- who and what is next for him. Now really, barring the winner of Corey Anderson versus Jan Blakovic's rematch, which I do believe I think takes place also next month, um, feel free to treat me and correct me if I'm wrong. There aren't really many challenges in the division, the heavyweight division that is for John. Daniel Cormier, his most bitter rival, isn't returning to the weight class. So he obviously has that trilogy fight against Stipe and Miocić in his uh in his in his forefront, in the forefront of his mind, sorry. And after that he's riding into the sunset. And young guns, Alexander Rakic and Johnny Walker, Walker in particular, have plenty of work left to do to even get themselves into title contention. So should John get past Dominic, which I believe he will, it's high time that he uses the opportunity to make his long awaited move up to heavyweight. Let's face it, guys. John's legacy at 205 is already cemented and it's high time he starts making waves at heavyweight. The heavyweight division is where the money fights are for him at this moment in time. And more importantly, the heavyweight division is the weight class where the legacy boosting fights are for him. For me, and I know this is going to be a bit left field and sound a bit crazy, I think a really fun fight for him to uh, to test the waters at he- light heavy- heavyweight, sorry, I'm getting confused between light heavyweight and heavyweight. A really fun fight for him to test the waters at heavyweight would be one against his former Jackson's MMA, Jackson Wink MMA, sorry, teammate, Alistair Overeem. Now... Here's my standpoint on it. Overeem isn't going to try to utilize his size advantage by smothering and clinching John like I think many of many other heavyweights would. He's going to actually stand and strike with John. Although Overeem has become, let's say, a tad chinny over the years, I think that's a nice way to put it. He's still down to throw them hands. So I think that would be an absolutely perfect fight for John to test the water as a heavyweight. I know it's a long shot, but for me, that's what I'd really, really like to see. And I think stylistically, it'd be a fantastic matchup. Overeem is a decorated kickboxer and arguably one of the most decorated heavyweights to ever compete in mixed martial arts. So it'd be a fantastic striking matchup. Whether John would be open to a bout against Overeem, sorry, or a move up to heavyweight in general <laughs> remains to be seen. But I think I can speak on behalf of all mixed martial arts fans around the world when I say it's time for Bones Jones to throw down with the big boys. Okay guys, that's all from me. Shisangamala from the Daily Star and Daily Express. Take care and enjoy the rest of the show.
2: I didn't want to get too much into um the next card. I mean obviously um I liked one of the talking points though, um which which he neatly segued into, and that is, you know, what is next for Jones. It's evident that you know we are scraping the bottom of the barrel in terms of opponents at light heavyweight. But I just wanted to to kind of like explore with you. Um, I'm guessing that um, when Chisanga mentioned that you know in terms of heavyweight contests in terms of heavyweight opponents someone like Alistair Overeem is that something that would uh kind of like float your boat are you kind of like rubbing your hands or you're like what
3: no in fact when I was listening to the recording I kind of was like oh like I was like what the hell Chesanga threw me off I was like Alistair Overeem it, it sounded it sounded yeah. like when when I play the UFC video game and I just you know what I mean like, it's just no I don't agree um what, do I think that would be a fun fight yeah but I, I yeah. just think champ versus champ, baby. You know what I mean? Like, if John Jones is going to go to heavyweight, give him the title shot. He's one of the pound for pound best fighters. He's damn near cleared out his division. If he goes to heavyweight, Stipe right away. Stipe's got the boxing and Stipe's got the wrestling, and John Jones is well rounded as well. So, I'd love to see that fight. But I hate to be Debbie Downer. I don't think John Jones ever goes to heavyweight, I think it's too risky for him. I don't I think he's just talking and talking. I think John Jones is really good at like getting us excited about fights that'll never happen and that that includes Israel Adesanya and I don't think he ever goes to heavyweights. Too damn risky for him. I think he's going to clear out the light heavyweight division and keep breaking records. Maybe I'm just being negative Nancy, but I don't see it. Well, put it this way,
2: I I liked where he was going with Overeem because I certainly don't think that um let's just imagine that you know, he gets through the next, I would say, next couple of opponents at light heavyweight. And then um, inevitably, he's got to do something because he would have cleaned out, literally cleaned out the division, if, unless you're talking about him going around the clock Yeah, again. but most
3: of the time but, they don't give them like, um, you know, like tune-up fights. Usually champ for champ just gets the champ... You know, like, they get a go at the at the champion themselves if John was to come up. I don't mm. really foresee him getting, like, a a tune-up fight or a gimme fight first. That's too risky. If they're going to do, you know, John Jones goes up, they'll probably have him face the heavyweight champion right away. I mean, am I wrong? I'm trying to think. Did well, Conor have a tune-up I, fight I, in I, lightweight I, before he demolished Eddie uh, Alvarez? Mm. He didn't, exactly. but
2: but what I'm saying is uh, what I'm saying was it it's it's a bit of a I think a, a a jump light heavyweight to heavyweight considering that a lot of people do hold it in high regard and revere the heavyweight division as you know the baddest man on the planet division so <laughs> to just throw him in like that and said okay yeah you facing the champion yeah. I think that might be a, a little bit um, Mercedes, short-sighted yeah. considering yeah considering I mean really and truly, it's, it's not as though he's even fought anywhere near heavyweight in terms
3: of competition. But Mike, that's why I think he'll never go. I think you just kind of nailed it as to why I don't think he'll ever fight at heavyweight because... He is just so tactical and shrewd with the decisions that he makes. I remember, I forget one of his um, opponents fell through and he wouldn't take the replacement. Like, the <laughs> like he does not fuck around. John Jones ensures that he wins most of his fights. And he's not the type of guy yeah. to figure it out once he gets in there. John Jones is that champ that studies tape. Before he even signed the contract to fight Dominic Reyes, and this is a true story, He, when they decided to fight Dominic Reyes, him and his camp had already watched hours of tape of him and then they decided to to decide to fight him so by the time he fights dominic reyes he's going to be fully prepared because that's what john does he prepares for his opponents so that unknown factor of heavyweight and also too most champs go straight to the champ when they go to a different weight class i think that's too risky for him i don't think he's doing it Mm. i don't know
2: it's just something I, I like the notion of, you know, stars making fights. And I, I would love to see him go in there against someone like Alistair Overeem. Because I, I don't see Overeem as, you know... I don't see him as, in terms of tall set, I don't see him as somebody who is going to pose him an awful lot of yeah, problems. Yeah, I think I he can beat want him. I to get in there and feel yeah, his yeah. way. I think he yeah, can beat him I, too. I, I, want him, I, I want him to go in there, feel his way around... Get used to what it's like, you know, competing with, you know, bigger dudes. And then, you know, have that kind of like run towards the title. Yeah.
3: And and even though I'm being, you know, Debbie Downer and, and extremely pessimistic with my thoughts about him going <laughs> to heavyweight, I do want you to know that I think that's the next step for him. I think he's at a point where he's clearing out his division. Like after um, um, Jan and... Um, Who is Jan fighting next? Corey Anderson. What's next? Yeah. What's next? If he (laughs) he needs to go to heavyweight, I I think.
2: I think at least one per. I think uh, this is how I see things going. I think that Corey Anderson is going to beat Jan Blackovitz. and then after after um, John has taken out Dominic, and Corey, he's got to go. yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah,
3: I totally agree with you. I just really hope that he makes me eat my words because you know, I'm I'm being pessimistic, but I honestly feel like he's not going anywhere. I don't know. I just I'm not falling for it. I do notice that he likes to run his mouth a lot, especially with Israel Adesanya, but I'm like I don't yeah. see you cutting that weight or is he going up there like it gets kind of annoying sometimes and I agree with you saying I know we're going to get into it more next episode but I think um, John Jones beats Dominic Reyes I don't think Dominic Reyes has enough to beat him but we'll get into that next episode but he's going to beat Dominic Reyes and he's going to beat whoever wins Jan versus Corey Anderson and we need him at heavyweight we need something (laughs) exactly well that about wraps up this
2: episode of the WoeCast. You can join us on the next one. But before then, if you do want to, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, converse with us actually um, to the fat in terms of subject matters that we've covered today or even on previous episodes, you can join me at Mike WO TV on Twitter and G from WO TV on Twitter. Plus, if you are actually listening to this on either Spotify. Or another platform, I don't know, Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, leave us a rating, and uh, we'll be eternally grateful. Well, until next time, make some trouble.
3: Yes, sir.
0: See you next time, Mike. You're on thin fucking ice, my pedigree chums, and I shall be under it when it breaks.